Lord, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Lord, we say thank you. Lord, we say thank you. Father, we say thank you. We thank you for what you are said to do today. We thank you for what you have done already. We thank you for what you are doing. Father, we bless your name. Lord, we have come before you once again. Lord, we say thank you for what you will do. Lord, we say thank you. I don't know. What's her name? Sorry. When you were worshiping, I just have this one. You see, um, the Bible said that what Zachariah did was the same thing that um, the mother of Jesus did. That they were both arguing with um, the angel of the Lord. But the reason why the mother of Jesus was not, he was spared, was because Zachariah was a priest and he should know better. So, the more that we grow in the things of the spirit, the more God holds us accountable. If I'm caught fornicating and somebody else is caught fornicating, people will put more agenda on my head than the person. Why? Because when they give them five talents, God was not expecting two talents, we're expecting the same five. So to whom much is given, much is expected. The Lord is saying that there is an oil on your head and it will take purity to sustain that oil. And do you know one thing? 
when it takes purity to sustain it, Satan will contend with your purity life. It will cause people to come. You know, those kind of things. Sometimes you'll, be, you'll even be in a situation where you need something to get done and somebody is just bringing something that wants to corrupt your purity. So God is saying, I should tell you, that there's an oil on your head and God is going to take you to places. You don't have to labor for it. The Bible says, order the steps of the righteous. There's no way that Joseph would, if, if there's no way Joseph would have labor to be the prime minister. Imagine if somebody was trying to help him and get him out of prison. They would have taken him to Egypt and they would have corrupted what God wants to do. Just like my brother said, all good things are not just because the way it was just because something seems not to be good does not mean it's not good thing. There's a definition of how God defined good things. So the Lord is saying there's an oil on your head. In fact, when you're singing, I was saying to people, go sing that until on Sunday. So and what God is going to do, he said he ordered the steps of the righteous. There's no way in this life that David would have knew that taking food to his elder brother would get him to now encounter Goliath. And the encounter with Goliath was what brought him to the place of destiny. So sometimes in walking, the part of the righteous, just because God directs it does not mean there will be no obstacles on the way. The proof of faith is not because there will be no obstacles. No, it's that God will order your steps. So the Lord is saying there's an oil on your head. And he's said to do mighty things with you. But he said, Satan also wants to contend with your purity. For Samson, it was when his hair was caught. That was the secret of his own purity. So, as we grow in the things of the Spirit, there are things that God began to tell us. So, God is saying that God will do mighty things with you. The places you never think he will take you to, he's said to do it with you. Then again, there's somebody here, you have applied for something for like three times. You've not gotten it. I don't know what that thing is, but you've applied again. And the Lord will go before you. The Lord is saying he will go before you. See, there are times in life when you don't have to call. There are things that most of us, we have gotten to a place sometimes where we do not qualify for the things. Or probably we qualify, but there are other people. So the mercy of God is going to step in. Sometimes in following God, in, there are times that just because you are human, you may not be able to discern everything God wants to do. So it takes the mercy of God to order your steps. What if David had rejected not going to the field to take food to his brothers? So the Lord is saying that you have applied for it three times. And then you've applied again. But this time around, mercy will go before you. Mercy will go before you. And again, God is saying there's going to be marital settlement. There's going to be marital settlement. The Lord is cursing people. You'll be so surprised for a sister here, between and the next six months, the Lord is saying he's bringing his own son. He said he's bringing his own son. But watch, just because he's bringing his own son, Eliab will confess. Eliab will confess. Between and the next six months, Eliab will confess. But surely there is Samuel behind. Surely there is David behind. He's saying that Eliab will confess, but there is David behind. So be discerning. Be discerning. Be discerning. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you for what you're said to do. We bless your name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Thank you, everybody. You can get seated. You can jam your hands together also. Thank you, everybody, who is here this morning. I really want to say very big thank you to everybody. By the way, Abuja is a wonderful city. I wish I would not go back. But then, Abuja is expensive. <laughs> okay, this morning we are going to be doing... Um, I have my brother here. I want to... Acknowledge him. I, I call him the Reverend Inca of Abuja. <laughs> if you know Reverend Inca, you know what that means. So he's a very he's somebody I respect a lot. You know, every time we study scriptures, we share things together. You know, we, and we disagree on everything. We don't disagree like Twitter people. So 
There's, so I have profound respect for him and for my other brother here, Charles, and every other person here. Thank you very much for coming. So I, we call this an account, so let's talk Bible. And, you know, I, there's a reason. You can just small, small. And my sister, please, you walk with me. There are times where you just, let me give her the microphone. So there are times where you know. So we, I call this one, let's talk Bible, because, you know, me and him discuss a lot. And I've seen a lot of, we like call it loopholes, when discussing with people. And I found that not really because that people do not study scripture, but then in studying scriptures, there are things that need to be understood. And again, many people don't read their Bible actually. Yes, many people just take whatever it is, and many people take scripture out of context. So the major reason for this meeting today is that we, we study scriptures and look at how to study scriptures. And then we trust that there will be, you know, the Spirit of God. The Bible says, while Peter yet speak these things, is that the Spirit do what? Fall upon them when I heard him. So, so as we are saying, I trust that, that, that God will bring his word in different dimension. So, alright. Guide to study Bible. See this thing I want to pronounce now. Hmm? I, I sent it to diff, um, four different people to pronounce it for me. They don't know how to pronounce it. Everybody was pronouncing what they like. Um, so, anything you hear, you just understand. You help me pronounce it. <laughs> I said to different people, this is how I pronounce this one. So I just took my pronunciation. It's called hermeneutics. I got it, Abby. <laughs> hermeneutics. Let me spell this for you. H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-S. H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-S. So you can put your pronunciation. You can put Nasara pronunciation. H e r m e n e u t i c s. Hermeneutics. Now, in studying scriptures, you get. In my opinion, I believe that last year was the year where God brought me to a place where God began to talk to me about teaching. Actually, you know, we have many preachers which are wonderful, but God began to speak to me about teaching. And this mandate of Vision 935 came around 2021. I remember that day I was in my room. And that was it. I was writing my resignation letter. So I wanted God to confirm to me again, after many confirmations, if I was right. Because one of the things I was afraid of was, how will I be eating? So God <laughs> said so many things. And so that day I was studying, and this scripture just came. And the Lord began to tell me that this, was, this is what Peniel was going to be doing. The Bible says out Matthew 9:35. He said, um, Jesus went about into different cities and villages. He said he was teaching. He said he was preaching in their synagogues and eating all that were sick. Now, this, this uh, Bible study stuff, we are going to have questions and answers. I believe that there are things you may want to ask. So, in studying scriptures, I'm rushing fast because um, we spent a lot of time already. It's what they call amenetics. Is a principle or the way to study scriptures. So, in using this amenetics, I may not be calling amenetics again, just know what I'm saying. Number one is what? Is you must learn to interpret scriptures literally. See, when you understand what I'm, what I'm doing today, there are arguments that you see on Twitter, you don't argue again because it's just that the person is obviously wrong. It's not only when you know something that you have confidence. In fact, people have more confidence when they are ignorant. So, in studying scriptures, in manetics, the first thing is interpreting scripture literally. Now, let me give you, for instance, what do I mean? In the book of Matthew chapter 14, from 13 to 21, the Bible told us about the story of Jesus Christ, how that he fed people. And now, the story again, we saw it again in the book of Mark chapter 6, verse 30 to 44, how he also fed people. Now, before I start, let me say this thing. 
The four Gospels, this is Matthew, Luke, Mark, and John, was written for us. Now, what do I mean? The four Gospels was written for us so that we will understand the person of Jesus. The Bible said that Jesus is the express image of God. Now, you will not know how big that statement is until you go back to the Old Testament. The Bible said that the lying spirit came from God in the Old Testament. That statement is not true because the Bible said that Jesus is the express image of God. So when you see Jesus, you see God. So anything you cannot find in the life of Jesus, if it's stated by the prophet in the Old Testament, they were not accurate. Why? Because they were also human. So they interpret from their human points. So the Bible said Jesus is the express image of God. So if you want to know who God is, you will see Jesus. So the four gospel was written so that we understand the person of Jesus. So the four gospel was written for us. So that there are things that we saw in the Old Testament that they said God did, God did. But when you look at Jesus, that's why in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 11, he said in time past he spoke to our fathers via the prophet. But now he's speaking to us by his son. Do you get paraphrasing now? Now, so the four gospels were written to us. I mean, were written for us, for us. Now, the epistles were written to us. Now, what does that mean? For us to learn Jesus. Epistles to us to live as believers. So, when you say the things that were written in the epistles, is the way we live as believers. Paul, we admonish. Do you know that? You know, people say so many things today, and I look at. See, when you begin to grow in your knowledge of Bible study, you do less arguments. So, the people I respect theology, theology wise, they don't, they don't really do much argument. They just, you know. So, he said it was written to us and that now the epistles is how we live as believers. Do you know that Paul was talking to the Corinthians? He said they were fornicators, they were sleeping with their father's wife. So when people say that, Nigerian church, they were atrocities. They, they didn't know what happened in Corinthian church. And do you know the context? If you did English, the Bible said they were sleeping. So not that they slept with their father's wife once and leave. No, they continue. He said they were sleeping. So not that they slept. But do you know one thing that thing? When Paul finished speaking to them and addressing them, he still addressed them as believers. There is no way we address them as an unbeliever. In fact, the, the highest that Paul did was to say, my little children. He said, you're supposed to be taking milk now, but you're supposed to be taking meat, but you're still taking milk. Meaning that your character, so they were still believers. When you understand the episodes, the context of the way you judge people will just change. So the episodes were written to us to live. But now, again, as much as the epistles were written to us, there were things in the epistles that were only addressed to the church of then. They were not addressed to us. I will get to that point. That's why we say, ah, women cannot be pastors, women cannot be these things. So when you study, so when you are studying, the first thing, um, I mean, is that you study literary, you interpret. When the Bible said that Jesus fed 5,000 people, don't come and say that 5,000 people is a realm and dimension. It's human being. Are you guys saying, don't say when you go to the cadres of the realm, that 5,000 people in the realm, they were 40,000. No, they are 5,000. So, interpreting scripture, the first thing you do is to interpret literally. Says what scripture say. Then, number two is figure of speech. This is where issue is. Figure of speech. There's a place in the book of, I think in the book of, um, where Jesus spoke about that um, nobody should call anybody father. Um, let's see the book of. I think Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 14, 26 to 27. Matthew chapter 14, 26 to 27. He said that Jesus was speaking. He said, none of you should call anybody father. But do you know one thing? Jesus was speaking about the Pharisees of those days. He was, he was addressing because the Pharisees were hypocrites. So he was saying that, he said, and when the disciples saw him walking on, no, Luke, Luke chapter 14, 26 to 27. I want us... You know, seeing the scripture, there's something he does to you when you see the scripture. So when he was telling them that they should not 
that none of them should have um, come to me and ate his father. Okay, no, let me use this one. If any man come to me and ate his father, if any man comes to me and ate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sister, yea, his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. Now, was Jesus telling you to eat your parents? Is a figure of speech. I will explain to you. The same context is what the context of Romans chapter 9, verse 13, when the Bible said that Esau avoid it, Esau avoid it, Jacob. Now, God was not saying that he ate Esau. What he was saying is, if I give you beans and rice, some of you prefer beans than rice, it does not mean that you eat rice. So, in this, is the same context to this. So, who must follow me to eat his father and mother means who will follow me must prefer me above his father and mother. So, in scripture, these things, you must learn where there is figure of speech. This was the issue somebody had one time that when the Bible said that anything that will make you not go to the kingdom and he cut out his manhood because he was committing fornication. You see? So, taking this scripture out of context as the issue that can happen to you. So, when the Bible says this, so you do what? You must understand the place of figure of speech. Then, Matthew chapter 23, verse 9. I want to give another example. Matthew 23, verse 9. You know, somebody was arguing one time, it was my brother in Christ, he said, in the scripture, there's nothing like spiritual father. What did they do? Like, um, the Bible said that, he said, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your father, which is in heaven. You must understand here that Jesus was addressing the Pharisees. So, while addressing the Pharisees, he was telling these other people not to refer to those Pharisees as father and whatsoever thing. To know that Jesus was not saying, and hey, let me give you context. In the father context that Jesus was talking here, Jesus is the Abba. Abba means source, sustainer. So Jesus was saying, don't call anybody father in regards to being a father, a source, a sustainer. But to show you that God was not literally saying that somebody cannot be your spiritual father. The book of First Timothy chapter 1 2 verse 20, Paul said, Timothy, my son. When I was talking with this brother, he said, if you were to take Paul's statement and God's statement, it's going to take God on above Paul. That you say because see the scriptures don't contradict each other. If you find that it's contradicting, it's an indication that you are not studying well. Again, the book of Titus, chapter 1, verse 4. The Bible said, Paul said, Titus, my son. So the concept of spiritual fatherhood, I know, has been abused. I saw some people flogging some people in church. That's but I'm just trying to put a context to it. That in studying scripture, you must understand what they call figure of speech. So don't just because we say interpret literally does not mean that we the Bible now say that anything that makes you sin, you should cut it out. You carry your manhood and put a knife inside. <laughs> so that's all we are saying. Then three, you must interpret scripture historically. You interpret scripture what historically. Now let me give you instance. I'm about to shatter one table and I'm sorry about it in advance. There's literally nowhere in scripture where the Bible said that. Where the Bible talk about church marriage. In fact, I heard that. I don't know. It was Reverend I was there was saying this one time. I heard that 1,000 years after the church started, there was nothing like actually church marriage or church wedding. I'm not saying that it is wrong. As a responsible believer, when you do something, you can bring your pastor to come and bless it. But now, when you study scripture historically, what does that mean? It means that when we study scripture, we explore the theology and not the culture. Come again. Because in scriptures, there are things that are biblical, but they are not foundational. Now, they are not fundamental. What do I mean? Marrying plenty wife is in the Bible, but the scripture does not teach it. So something can be found in scripture, but they are not what? They are not foundational. So just because you find... So when we study scripture... Now let me give you some. Look at the way Isaac married Rebecca. So they just sent somebody. The person just will lay her and brought her. So just because you saw a scripture, you go to somewhere, Arangwa Walada, and carry somebody's daughter and bring her. They will arrest you. 
Do you get? So in studying scripture, you must export what? You export the theology and not what? The, the culture. In fact, this is still the problem in the episodes. The people were still ex- exporting the culture of what was happening in those days. And I will get there. So in studying this, you know that you export only the theology. You don't go and export the culture. Solomon married 1,000 wives. I go marry 700. After all, Hindu pass me. I see them follow. No. People, watch everybody that married more than one wife in scriptures. They, they had one issue or the other. They had one issue or the other. So we must learn that when we export things from scripture, we export only what? The theology and not the culture. Number five, interpret contextually. Now here we problem there. People will just carry one scripture from Gogolada and take it to Kogi State. Like, what? So, now, in contextually, there's what they call corroboration. Corroboration means that scriptures explain scriptures. So, you don't go and carry one scripture and be running around with it. Now, let me show you something in this um, interpreting contextually. Let's open the book of Mark, chapter 11, verse 23. You will see where... Sometimes we are praying and we are using wrong scripture. Now, by the mercy of God, God just answer us. For verily, I say unto you that whosoever shall turn unto this mountain, be that remove and be that cast into sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever things said. Please, 24. Therefore, I say unto you that whatsoever things he desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Now, this is talking about the faith to receive. Are you getting it? So this is faith to receive. Go to Jude chapter 1. I want to read from verse 1. So you interpret scripture contextually. I have my big auntie here. Good, um, good afternoon. Okay? This um, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God, the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and call. Let's go ahead. He said, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Go to the next one. He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now, in studying contextual, there's what they call pre-test and post-test. That's to study the test before and the test after. Now, this means that he said you should earnestly contend for the faith. The faith he was talking here was not the faith to receive. He was talking about the message of salvation that you have received. In verse 4, he began to talk about certain people who has begun to take the grace of God for licentiousness. That English I do. Go to verse 4. He said, For there are certain men crept in unawares. Yeah. He said, Who were before of old ordained to this condemnation? Ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only, only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. So, what he was saying here was to not to contend for faith to receive. But that there's a message that has been given to us. Just like in Nigeria today, they are, they are balanced people and there are people who they are always here or they are always at the end. They are always extreme. Any message they would, they would carry it along. So, this one, if you don't study this in contextually, I've seen people using this scripture to pray that, you know, faith, I have faith to receive something. No, this, he was talking about we contending for the message, the salvation message that was given to us. That there are some men among us who come now, they are hiding under, you know, say, Everybody is teaching new creation reality, but you have to stay in the church for a while. Don't know, say this new creation reality now. Why you didn't teach? Because there are other things behind it. So this was what Jude was saying. So, but if you don't study contextually, see, Bible study is work. That's why the book of Timothy said that. He said we should honor them. You should give them double honor. So when you see people who their pastor is big in doctrine, you know the problem with the, some of the churches. 
Some people are big on theology, but they are not big on charismatic. Some people are big on charismatic, they are not big on theology. Let me explain to you. Theology means that they teach Bible rights, but they don't flow in the things of the Spirit. You know, they don't stretch their hand and let people fall. And so that's the best way I can explain it. But some people are also big on charismatic. When you come to the church, there's power of God, but there's no theology. So both must work hand in hand. A man of God must be what? Sound in theology. In fact, a sound theology will produce proper charismatic church. Because when sound theology is not there, is the reason why somebody will say that you want to kiss Satan today, you bring knife to the church, you'll not be cutting. And do you know one thing sometimes? So those people, they have testimonies. Do you know why? Because sometimes the man may be saying wrong thing, but because he have a solid secret place, he's actually a prayerful man. Because when you give yourself to the needs of the Spirit, you actually see the result of it. Do you get So most of the reasons why, that's why some people say, this church, they already talk Bible, Bible, nothing they even have to say. You know? So, and another person too will say, every day, now they fall for that church. Now those are teaching. So, I've been in between these two kind of people. So I know. So the charismatic and all of this. So, as the Nigerian church, we must come to a point where we have this thing together. It can be balanced. I know that some people kind of have grace in certain things than certain other people. But then again, the church can be balanced. Now, number six, I try to rush this and give the see, be quiet where scripture is quiet. Be what? I remember one time there was a thread that was made on one social media platform one time. They were saying that, ah, don't you know that Esther would have slept with that king for her to get that position? They, 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 they. See, that's not how scripture painted Esther. Don't try to go and dig what you should not dig. Where scripture is quiet, be quiet. In fact, the Bible gave us an instruction in the book of Revelation that nobody should remove from this and add into it. Don't say what scripture you do. Don't say, I mean, I see him. Who will you be? How you see him? So, me, I see him like, say, no. So, anything scripture did not say. If you are sharing opinion with your guy, we understand that. Okay, what if? But don't come and teach what scripture did not teach as doctrine. This is one of the, in fact, most of the things that people teach on the pulpits can be their own personal experience. For instance, maybe as a man of God now, God can tell you that, you know, God can give you certain instruction about your finances. Maybe you're giving, I, I, I read something about it also one time. He was giving like 80% of his money at one time as tight. So God can give you that kind of instruction for a certain time. You will not come on the pulpit and say that, ah, if you never give 80%, percent forget. Yeah. See, sometimes when God gives you those kind of instructions, sometimes it could be because you're a bad person. Why? You like money too much, so God wants to break you. So don't think he gives you that instruction because you're a senior person in the spirit. For we are, It's not always like that. The reason why God had to come supernaturally to allow the, um, the, Anna, the donkey that Balaam was holding was because Balaam was doing strong-head. So God had to use a supernatural means for the gospel to speak, for the um, donkey to speak. In fact, there are some supernatural encounters that God gives to you, not because you are spiritually inclined. It's because your heart is too hardy. God has spoken to you through even the Christian movie you are watching. God has shown you scripture. God has spoken to you in church, but you refuse. So God had to come through a supernatural. So not every supernatural means of speaking to you is an indication that you have depth with God. Sometimes it can be an indication that you are stubborn. That's why God had to use that means. So you, you are too stubborn. God just say, your ceiling go fall. Bah! Then you go just hear the voice of God. So God had to use that. So it's not every... So let, let nobody bobo you. In fact, in our, in our Abuja meeting, that's what I, what I plan to teach, leading by the Spirit. Let nobody bobo you and say that until you, well, we, we, in the night, when we are praying, we go to the cadres of the Spirit. We see our ceiling, we open mouth and begin to say, my son, Abraham. God does always speak in a, God, God's speakings are supernatural, but they are not always spectacular. So God can, see, in fact, 
If your mind is governed by the Holy Ghost, the things of the Spirit, your thoughts can become word of knowledge. God begins to speak to your thoughts. Your thought becomes the, the, the point where God begins to lead you. See, most of the decisions that I've taken in my life, God did not come any point and say, my son. I was at, do you know, one of the books that opened me to this is called Leading by the Spirit by Kenneth Higgy. I read that book some years ago. And then there's one book called um, Watch My Knee. I mean, not Watch My Knee, from Andrew Womack. Somebody, I just took that book from somebody. And that book shaping my hearing God and the leading of the Spirit. So, let me just touch on this leading of the Spirit. So, don't think that when God wants to speak to you, God, see, let me even tell you, maybe you're in this situation. Every time you go for a meeting, they always give you prophecy. When the man of God is giving you what if you reach your side, you're like this, move to the other person. Don't think that God doesn't love you. Sometimes, eh, it could be God's way of training you to be led by His Word. See, the word of God is a NAPDAC that we used to check the hearings of the Spirit. So if I hear something and contradict God's word, that means that thing is wrong. Are you getting my point? So we use the God's word to check this thing we are hearing are true. For instance, do you know why most of these people who say they die, they go to heaven and they came back and say, stop wearing trousers. I saw God in heaven. Some of them, they were spiritual people. They prayed a lot, they were, but they were not given to scriptures. So when they died, they have out-of-body experience. They went to a spiritual place, but not heaven. So they got, they got information, but because they are not worded, they did not know that that information is wrong. For instance, I read a book where the man was saying that he, he went to the pastor and said, I've been praying. I love my neighbor. The more I pray, the more the feelings increase. The more I pray. Meanwhile, he's a married person. If you have God's word, you will know that the Bible says, what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. So the word of God is the character of God. It makes you know what God will do and what he will not do. So when you have spiritual encounters about... You know, people, if you know there are how many dreams I receive every day, people send me messages of dreams. Sometimes I would just, I say, I have a dream. See, God can lead you to dreams. But there are times also that Satan can begin to now take advantage of your dreams. Do you get it? Satan can take advantage. So God say, go to Kaduna, you dream four times. You see different places. Are you getting it? So if your, your, your dream, that's why we, the word of God, it's not people have said certain things and they have to come back and not able to change it or withdraw it. But the word of God is constant, it's there. So most of the times when I'm teaching people to hear first, I use God's word. In fact, it is dangerous to be having spiritual encounter where you're not a word person. You will soon go into witchcraft, it's a matter of time. Yes, because the word of God will guide you. You will know that. <laughs> I remember one lady that was with us one time when we started praying. She used to have a lot of it. And I, I, I honor the grace of God upon her life. So one day I told her something. I said, she liked all these prophetic things. You know, she, she gave me one account on Instagram that time. I had to go and remove that account from my phone. She liked all these strange, you know, that's how some of you, strange things. You just like mystery. When you just come like this, you just be getting your name everywhere inside your room. Say, yes, I'm a spiritual person. She liked all those things. So I told her one time, I said, see, you have to sit with God's word. There's a way you believe God's word. See, it will make your prophetic. People will have, people will respect what you're saying. And people respect what you're doing. And there are times you can hear certain things from God. From You think it's from God. But you know God's word. You know that this thing is not from God. This thing is. So don't think hearing is only God that speaks. So the word of God helps you. You know where God is speaking. You know where God, you know that this thing you, you that's why you can hear from me four sisters name as your wife. All these people that used to carry name to man of God. Ah, don't think I've not received name. I beg, which one we are going to marry? About it. Let me go follow his table house with her. <laughs> see, see, I beg. This, you see this one, she's fine, but she don't get character. <laughs> see this one, she did pray, but she didn't sleep. 
So, Mary, so they have all kinds of things. So the word of God, in short, see, the word of God guides your decision. I remember I saw one scripture, and that was a scripture that made me to stop arguing about that. The Bible said the man of God must not strive. And sometimes for you not to strive, you, know, you need not to argue rubbish arguments. Because if you argue, you will strive. So the word of God will guide your decision making. Not uh, um, you have a job. You know the job is against your Christian value. But you don't read, they will not be dragging. Can the pastor be selling alcohol? Can he be selling Igbo? Can he be selling... I say, why people always do it like this? I say, if you go to church and see Baba Deboe in a bar drinking Buddha, you just, you just carry one Buddha, say, my son, God bless you. Say, how will you feel? <laughs> you cannot talk. You know, see, the, Paul said all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. That something is not a sin does not mean you do it. See, people don't stop taking breast milk from their mother because it's a sin. They stop because they have grown. Stopping certain things is an indication of growth, not because uh, if you do those things. So do you get? So I'm just touching on the leading of the spirit a bit. So don't think that just because ah uh, you have not yet done it. See, trust God's word enough to be able to lead you. And as you trust God's word enough, God will now use your inner witness. There are things you just know by the spirit. You just know this and just know. You just you know and just as you begin to grow, build your spirit, man. Prayer. See, somebody told me one time. He sent me a message. Long voice note to that I should recommend book for her. That this thing that we used to see, he was, she wants to be seen. I just laugh. I just saw that voice and I said, I wish craft you won't go like this. <laughs> I, said, I think it's the last month. I said, I wish craft. He said, want to be seen. This thing they are seeing. They are calling people's name. I said, let me tell you something there. All these things are byproduct of a, a good believer. You don't need to be a pastor to work in all those stuffs. If you don't know, Smith Hugo's word that people, Smith Hugo was wake up to like 23 dead people in his life. Smith was not the pastor. His wife was the pastor. Smith was a plumber. He was studying scripture one day and found, uh, I think the book of Matthew, where the Bible says, hey, what I do, is greater than this will you do. It was that scripture that changed his life. So you don't have to be an apostle. You don't have to, to work in those things. See, when you're a believer, you study God's word. Before you know, you see yourself begin to work in those things. And this person is my friend, though, but let me sub her. I don't know if she's watching. She's not fast, though. I asked her to fast for this. Sometimes she fast, she lose weight. Sometimes <laughs> she fast, she lose weight, and she cannot fast. But yeah, you see the things. So we are not saying that you have to pray. You, you, you pay price for all of these things. But see, consecration gives you, it gives your spirit man the ability to receive what God has given to you. That money is in your bank does not mean you automatically have it. You have to make transfer. That transfer that you are making is prayer. That transfer that you are making is study. That transfer that you are making is what? Is praying, prayer. When you see people say, they understand that there's an abuse on long prayers. See, you should not pray. Me, I've been those things before now. Ah, the first day we do long prayer. But when you begin to grow, you find that you, you pray for 12 hours. You don't even have to tell somebody. Maybe it's your friend that we know. Your friend that you are charging yourself spiritually. When we begin to come online and say that, I saw one thing one time. And it was from a respected guy. I was just like, they were praying, I think, 50 hours. And somebody quoted it and said that we are praying 50 hours. And I don't see this one. I was like. So, spiritual things are, God gives you those instructions for yourself. You not give you those instructions so that you come on Twitter and say, I start working in that. Now, we they pray 50 hours, so they are no born there. Than they. <laughs> so, it's, it's not for those things. Do you get? So, you can spend. It was recently, when Reverend, I think it was somebody that posted it. The man, I think it was somebody that posted it, that the person who trained him how to pray. For long was Reverend and he said they spent 38 hours. You have never heard it from that man before that they prayed that long in their life. But people that just they are the ones. So the essence of spiritual things 
is not to put into con- competition. Yes, you can charge yourself onto godliness. You know, when I see people praying, I also want to pray, not because of competition, but they challenge me to do good things. So you are challenged onto good works. So spiritual things should not be something of competition. And you too. See, let me tell you something about long prayer. Let me just drop it. See, sometimes you will never have time to pray for long until you create the time for it. You never have time. You just say, I want by next week, Friday, just put on your calendar, I'll pray for three hours in tongues. See, the first time you'll be checking your time, no problem. Because consistency mm, opens the gate for longevity. What you do consistently, before you know, you begin, maybe you are praying 30 minutes every day, every day. Sorry. One day, you do, as you're consistent like that, one day you do, one hour, you don't know. So, be consistent in the things of the Spirit. And the things of the Spirit are not the things that you come to use and do and say, ah, I will they pray. So, that's how to touch those. So, first of all, the thing I want to talk today first, we discuss about it. He's speaking in tongues. People have said, I even saw one thread on Twitter. People were saying he's not saying, he's um, speaking in tongues for every believer. Yes, emphatically. Yes, it is. Now, people say that, eh, he's for set of people. He's not for set of people. See, this is the problem of knowing God's word, but not knowing how to explain it. There are people that know that tongue is good, but if you say they should explain it, I don't know. They shall pray it in the Bible. <laughs> say, they shall pray it. They pray it. So, listen, so you'll not be able to exegete the thing. It was what um, um, this Reverend um, Matthew Ashimolo said something. I was watching his interview with, um, I think, Dr. So he said that when the tithe issue came up in Nigeria, many people knew how to collect tithe, but they cannot defend it. You see what that OAP, he dragged people like this. In short, they said that tithing in church even came down in some churches, came down in Lagos. He said it dropped from what that's 40% or something. It was um Reverend Matthew Lord that was saying that it dropped. He said they knew how to take tithing, but they don't know how to exegete and defend it. So do you get now in respect to praying in tongues? The first argument that I want to scatter is that it's not for everybody, it's for certain people. Now, the book of Acts, chapter 2, we are going to read together from verse 1. There's nowhere in scripture where the spirit, the, the, the spirit of God, where the Holy Ghost came upon people. And it came upon certain people that are from Ijesha and leave some people that are from Anambra. Every time that the power of God moves and that people speak in other tongues, there's no way that it removes any other persons. In fact, any charismatic gift that, that, that is exclusive for certain people is not, is not of God. Let's read from verse 1. We can read together. He said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one piece. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Three. And there appeared unto them glowing tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Did he say certain people were filled? Everybody, the 120 people that were there, all of them finished, they received. Now, go to the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 44. When I want to hold people on neck for doctrinally, I used to hold them. They cannot run. Go to 10, chapter 44. I want to show you something. Said, Why Peter yet spake these words? The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. The next verse. And they, and they of the circumcision which believe were astonished as many came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Anytime that people gather, and the Holy Ghost rests upon people. It does not look at, at this particular place. The Gentiles have not received it. Maybe you say they were even surprised that it came upon them. 
So every time that the, from scriptures that we see that the Holy Ghost have, there's, an, there's an outpouring of the Spirit of God and that people receive tongues. There's nowhere where he separate anybody from anybody. So where did that argument come from? That is for Ijebu people. It's not for Anambra people. It's, it's not correct. So the what speaking in tongues is for everybody. So when we say, ah, and you know there are plenty of arguments on speaking in tongues and all of those things. Now, let's go to the book of Acts chapter and then the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5. This is the argument that people used to have. That's why I said that in the beginning. I said there were things that were written in the epistles. They were written to us. But there were things in the epistles that were written to the church of those days. Now watch. Now I will explain. I will read this thing. I will explain what happened in the full Corinthians for you. I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except the interpret that the church may receive edifying. This is the scripture, scriptures that people pick, and they not say tell you that Paul was against arguing and against praying in tongues and all that. That people should prophesy. See, let me tell you something. The Corinthian church was like the church of our old, old Orthodox church. They were they have excesses in spiritual things. They are what excesses in spiritual things. What does that mean? It means that a pastor can be preaching. Somebody will just stand up. Sherry mama, sherry mama, sherry mama. Another person will stand up. Sherry bobo, sherry bobo. <laughs> can you sherry mama? <laughs> so they stand up and begin to do those things. So Paul here came and told them, no, if you must speak in tongues, allow somebody to interpret. He was not saying that there is no praying in tongues. So this address was to the church in Corinthians because they were disrupting the service. They were excess in spiritual things. I've been to those kind of church before. The pastor can be praying. Somebody will just... Someone, no, so Paul was... Now, if you go to verse um, 39, you will see that Paul never forbid praying in tongues. Look at what Paul said. Verse 39. He said, Wherefore, brethren, convert to prophesy and forbid not to speak in tongues. So, Paul was telling them that, See, me, I pray in tongues than you all. But now they do have excess. Pastor, they preach, now they share the mama. Calm down. If you want to share it, mama, somebody must interpret. But when it has to do with praying in tongues, you can pray in tongues. There were excesses in the Corinthian church. He said, Wherefore, brethren, convert or prophesy. Forbid not to speak with tongues. Paul was never saying that. Ah, don't pray in tongues. And people, I see some people accuse Paul and say, Paul is a is, is not a feminist. And <laughs> the boy is against women. <laughs> See, let me touch that particular women case too. When Paul wrote here in Corinthians, when Paul wrote about women in Corinthians, I can't remember that scripture again now. Paul was also talking about the Corinthian church, the particular women that were there. They were having issues with the leaders, with their husbands. So when their husband is free, they, are, they were talking. So Paul said that nobody should talk. It was an address to the Corinthian church because of the issues that were happening in the Corinthian church. So as much as the epistles were written to us, there are letters that were addressed to the church there. Do you get? Now, in the book of Timothy, Paul also said that uh, women should just adorn themselves, they should keep quiet in church. Now, what happened in the book of Timothy? That women there, in some translation, it was translated as wives. Now, in the book of Timothy, that particular place where Paul was speaking, that region, they used to have a god called Diana. And that Diana used to be women who are leaders. Women are the one leaders. So, when they converted those women and they came to church, they also want to be behaving like a leader. So, Paul said they should keep quiet and allow and take leadership from the pulpit. See, studying scripture is work. Is what is a lot of work. So when you see people celebrating some, some churches that teaches and you see them celebrating their pastor, it takes a lot of labor. Sometimes people do Bible studies of nine hours, ten hours. He knows now, he's that kind of man. He knows. So you see, 
it was so those are the things that Paul was saying. Paul is not is not is not against women, he's not saying that they should not know. Paul was addressing the issue that was happening in the church. I don't know if there's any question. Am I excuse? Should I go ahead? Or there's any question or contribution? That's how I intend to make this message. I should go ahead. Now, again, I want to I want to scatter another table. I don't mean to offend you. In the book of Acts chapter 2. Bible said that they were praying in tongues and there were certain people outside and they were saying that they were hearing tongues. They were hearing this and that, that they were hearing their languages. Now, that may not be true. I will explain to you. The book of Acts is a written, is what they call, is an eyewitness report. If something happened in this road now and somebody came home and tell you, the person would have added or removed something inside. It's not because they want to do it. It's just that you cannot give full information of what happened. So when they say that they were hearing themselves, if all of us is talking here and somebody is outside, you will not even hear all of us. So, first of all, that is not interpretation of tongues. What happened there? Do you know why? Interpretation of tongues is a gift of the Spirit. You have the Spirit of God to be able to interpret. Those people were not believers. They don't have the Spirit of God. So, they would not have been hearing it. So, there is an argument in that face that, ah, that the book of art is an, is an eyewitness. I'm not saying that interpretation of tongues is not. Interpretation of tongues is, an, is interpreting what is said by the Spirit. If you're a student of Kenetekin, Kenetekin can be praying in tongues and will be interpreting the things he's saying by the Spirit. Say, this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord says. And somebody else can be praying in tongues and by the Spirit, I know what he's saying. And I became, I think um, Dr. Becky, the wife of Dr. Penetra, does this. And he began to interpret what he says by the Spirit. What he's saying by the Spirit. Did you hear that? So when people say that, eh, you know one argument I used to see online? That when they were praying, other people were hearing their language. Yes, there is a working of the Spirit. That particular scenario is called working of miracles. They were speaking. I can be speaking now. It has happened before. I have a video on my phone. The man, the man of God said he went to China and was putting food in his car. He was just praying in touch. One man beside him was just looking. The more he prayed, the guy was crying. He was praying, the guy was crying. So at the point, they asked the guy, said, he was speaking to me my, in Chinese language, the old one, the deeper one. That guy does not have the spirit of tongue, the spirit of God. He was not a believer. Interpretation of this thing only happened by having the spirit because he's a gift of the spirit. So if another person hears another language, it's called working of miracles. I don't know if you're getting it. It's called what? Working of miracles. So when people bring that ideology that the tongue they were speaking, they were hearing people's language, it's because Bible study, you have to sit down and dissect it. So when you see those, okay, all these things we have explained, how do you type it and start explaining to somebody? You, when you see those kind of arguments, you just remove your face because you know that there's a lot to be said. It's because the book, see, let me even tell you something you don't know. See, eh, this book of art, if it's just check where, the apostles, they even made some mistake. Was it not a book of art that they casted lots? Was it the book of art? They wanted to choose a disciple and they were casting lots. A believer, you were not supposed to cast lots. But as the other episodes grow, you see that the apostles also grew. When Paul was speaking to Timothy how to choose a leader, he said one with one wife who have good character, who do this and that. So there is a quality of choosing a leader. But in the book of Acts, they were casting lots. It's an indication that the apostles were also human. In other episodes, they grew. If Jesus could grow in his things, so why would we... See, you must learn to read the scriptures in progression and see that the apostles too, they grew in their things. So to show you that, so when somebody wants to argue with you, you have to sit them down and explain that tongue is for everyone. There was no way to skip the Bible. In short, should I even tell you? See, the speaking of tongues is one of the very strong gifts of the Spirit. It's one of the gifts that shows the glorification of Christ. Why? Every gift of the Spirit was in operation before Jesus came. It was only tongues that happened after the resurrection of Jesus, the gift of the Spirit. They were not praying in tongues before. 
It was when Christ died and resurrected that he started bringing tongues. So the gift of tongues is a proof of it. It even glorifies God. So when people argue, you will understand that. Why are they arguing these things? So speaking in tongues, is it for everybody? Yes, emphatically. I don't know if I've done justice to it. Others, do you have any other questions? Do you have but do you want to make contribution? <laughs> Nobody wants to make contribution. Should I go ahead? Okay. Secondly, I want to touch a very part that's very sensitive on Twitter. Ah! Oh, but they have dragged me. It's called biblical prosperity. What does God teach on prosperity? What does the word of God say about prosperity? Now, let me just say this first. There's nowhere in scripture where the Bible is saying that to have money is bad. I know you go to one scripture. I've gone there before I came here. Let me show you. The scripture is in the book of Mark chapter 10 from 14 to 24. Where the Bible was talking about a person, he asked him to follow him. Let's read together. Let's read the book of Mark, chapter 10. When it has to do with prosperity, there's no way the Bible said that. Ah, money is bad for you. You know, if you have money, you go to airfire. I even saw one statement one time. One guy said that. I think it's a lady. That's a believer, I should not be a billionaire. See, the statement is first false. Do you know why it's false? Because in Uganda, I've been a this thing. If you have that. 200,000 a year, you're a millionaire somewhere else. So if you have 10 million a year, you're a billionaire somewhere else. So which of the billion are you saying? Is, you, so is a false statement first. Now watch. When, uh, we are going to read like 10, 10 verses here. Let's just go. But when Jesus saw it, that he was displeased and said unto them, suffered little children. Can we go to verse 20? There's something I want to show you. Now this scripture, Jehovah will let people the wood. Say if you get money, you go go a fire. And he answered them and said unto him, Master, all these have... Okay, God... Let's go to 19. God, Jesus was speaking to somebody. 18 again. I want to show you something. 17, sorry. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Verse 18. He said, And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Verse 19. He said, Thou knowest the commandment, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not be a false witness, defraud, not honor, not thy mother and thy father, and thy mother. He said, and answer, and he said unto them, Master, all these have observed from my youth. Pause. I want to show something. These are two ladies that used to send me a message and say that there's a brother asking them out. That he's a nice brother, but he's not a spiritual brother. He's not safe. This scripture says, I should warn you. This scripture was saying that the guy had done all of the things that Jesus said, but yet he does not have eternal life. So they say, but the guy is nice now. Okay. Then Jesus beholding him, love him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross and follow me. Verse 23, 2, I mean. And he said, and he was sad, that saying, I went away, and grieved for the, he had great possession. Now Jesus is telling him to say, that, go and sell all that you have. He said, no. Verse 23. And Jesus looked around about and said unto his disciples, Hardly shall they have riches enter into the kingdom of God. Hold on. Because people don't read pretests and posters, Jehovah Witness people, I've stayed with them before, I've attended Jehovah Witness before, so I know. They came and said that once you have money, air fire, streets, you are not arguing with you. You know, they are charismatic and Pentecostal people who also believe this thing. But let's go to 24. Look at what Jesus was saying. Go. 24. He said, and disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and said unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of heaven? Jesus was talking about those who trust in riches, not those who have money. 
He was talking about those who trust in riches and not those who have money. That's why in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 7, um, chapter 6 verse 17, he said one day, let's go to that place. That's why the art of corroboration is good. So you use this scripture to explain this one. He said, tell them that are rich in this world, that they be not high mind, nor trust in uncertain riches. He said, but in living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. So it was not about them who have money. It was about them who trust in certain riches. And do you know how God knew that that guy trusts in certain riches? I will show you. Go to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 13 verse 44. If Dangote, if you have an interview tomorrow morning, and Dangote calls you by that morning and says you should come, trust me, most of you here will go. Because you believe that at all, at all, you see Dangote. At all, at all, bad. Watch. If somebody, Jesus knew that that guy trusts in certain riches, because, okay, how can you not leave all that you have to follow Jesus? Is a proof that's how some people are. Once they lose money, like this, they will not go to church. It's a proof of where your trust is. How do I say? Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure, hid in a field. The which when a man had found, he hid it and for joy, they are great and sellest all thy heart and buy the field. Another man here sold all thy heart so that he could follow Jesus. But another man here said he would not sell you. He was angry. It's an indication that this one had resources. But his trust was in Jesus. The other one had resources, but his trust was in money. So it was never against money. It was about your heart first. So if you give somebody that... See, like, you know one thing about... See, that thing, eh, you, can, you can be broke and still be materialistic. People hide under poverty and say that. And they are righteous. Now lie. Most of the people in politics, are they not Christians? When they have money, they, they do that. So it is not about the money. See, you can be a thousandaire, a neraniere, and be materialistic. But yet, you can have a lot of resources and not be materialistic. Okay. In our... We will do a fellowship in Ibadan. Okay, one of my, my friends like that, he shared with me that about 2020, he lost 6.5 million to a business that he did. All these um, forests and that somebody wiped them. He said, but there was one other guy who invested 2 million. The one who lost 6.5 million was the capital of his business that he does. But he was willing to let go. Even though they are trying to get that guy, but no way. But there's one who lost two million who was saying that he went to that guy's house. He brought that charm. He said, Me, you go run mad for my friends. You don't go go. You see, one had more money, but he could let go. The other one had more money, but he could not let go. So it's not about first. The, the biblical prosperity has never taught that you should not have money. When people say, Ah, you cannot be a billionaire, anytime I see those statements, I just go like, See, Satan sometimes fights your ability to understand the resources. He just don't know. See, somebody was telling me that, she was asking me a sincere question, that she feels guilty that she wants to have money, all of these things. So I told her something. If you have more money, you will do more for Jesus. I know that the gospel takes willing men, but willing men and resources, you will do more. I said, in your village, there are witches there because the gospel is not there. If you have money, you will plant your churches in your village. So if you have more resources, and don't say yes, if you cannot give from the one thousand you have now, you're not a financier. Everybody on social media will change their name to kingdom financier. But when it's time for offering, is that 15 naira that slept in mortuary house you bring out? That's not it. So financier, um, kingdom financier starts from the little that you have. The Bible says, he who is faithful in small. He did not say he will be faithful in much. He said he's already faithful. He called him faithful in much. So in biblical prosperity, it's about trust. That's why a man of God shared that, I think it was last year, when Apostle shared that, on Sunday morning, a day of koinonia, somebody wiped his entire account. And we did not know until after months, if it's you, that they wipe your account. There's no scripture you not quote. God, you know I'm serving you. How will they carry my account? I'll not go to church today. <laughs> see, see, when Paul and Silas were arrested and put in prison, not because they were doing all that, it's because they were working for Jesus. 
I, I slightly thought something of faith. See, sometimes your faith will be the reason why you not get certain things you call good things. Your faith will be the reason. Imagine that somebody wants to give you a job and say that you will sleep with the person. Is that money you need it? So your faith will not always get you things. Sometimes your faith will be the reason why you reject things. Because faith is not getting what you want. Faith is following God's way. First John chapter 5, verse 14. He said, And now this is the confidence that we have in you. That whatsoever thing we ask according to your will. So if I'm asking outside God's will, is not faith. The reason why faith will not fail is because it's according to his will. If it's outside his will, it's not faith. So he said, This is the confidence that we have in you. That whatsoever thing that we ask according to your will. So if you go on Instagram and see Yvonne, I, I remember I want to share a very I remember when I was a rapper, I used to rap before, and I would go to church and be fasting for 21 days. That record label should sign me. That record label should sign me. I'll be fasting. I'll pray. Now, what? What kind of what, what am I trying to do? I'm not asking according to God's will, of course. All the record label I saw were scams. So there are things that you'll be asking. God knows that this is not according to his will. So sometimes the reason why you will not get some things is not because it's because of your faith. It's because of your faith, you will stand and say, no, I'm not doing these things. So, how to just bring this church about biblical prosperity? It's first about the heart. And see, you must be careful because people have all kinds of things. And do you know why the prosperity message is, is kind of difficult? There are people who have thought of the prosperity who took it to extreme. So now, why this issue? They? Then there are people who want to correct the extreme. Then they say, if you know poor, you never deserve God. <laughs> so, we are too extreme. So, you must study for yourself to know. It's about the heart first. I used to know a man then the guy was so wealthy. He, so had, he had the heart to give to the, to the work of God. He was given to a point that he's a billionaire. I think I had, he made his first billion when he was 29. He was so in love with the, with the work of God that any car that, he has not, that his pastor has not, has not gotten before, he cannot buy for himself. So at the point in his life when he bought Rolls Royce, he bought two. One for his pastor and one for himself. He was a billionaire, but all of the crusade of their churches, he will fly them. He does not worship in the state where he was. He does not stay in the state where he worships. He stays in Lagos, so every service day he flies down. In their home cell, you know normal home cell that churches does? He brought Nathaniel Bassi one of their home cells. Normal home cell that you would just stay in your house. Imagine bringing Nathaniel Bassi. That was how well he was. So the, one of their churches had a branch in Abuja, and the place they came to was not good. He brought them to my time and paid for all of those stuffs. So imagine when resources comes to that kind of person. Imagine the level of things he will do. Then imagine somebody that when God spoke to him, that was how worthy the guy is. The guy was, and the, should I even, should I break it? Yeah, the guy was not the, there are other people who had money more than him in that church. But nobody can deny that he was not a giver. He put so many people on scholarships. And he has gone to be with the Lord now. Uh, well, well, at the time when he had, he, people were just crying. He, he, was, he was like Dorcas. The entire people, people of, he was from Bayasa. Even his community, they were, at the point they thought he resurrected. From where they prayed for him, people were crying. Everybody, people don't know why. Because he reached out the gospel, people can acknowledge all the things. Imagine if resources come into he contested for governor in one state at one point. He told us something. He said, People, people don't know. See, that guy was not over, you know, over spiritual, but he was a, he was a believer. Do you get it? He was like associate pastor. Now, he, he told us something. He said that people don't know how committed and loyal he is to this church until he becomes governor. That will become a governor and come and be doing protocol that he does normally in this church. And that kind of man, you cannot say that he's lying because he was already, a, he has a lot of resources. This is somebody that, when his son did something, it was Jonathan that came to the church. So he had connect, he had resources, he wasn't all like that. But his heart, seeing that the gospel prospers, does not play with it. So imagine resources coming into that kind of person's hand. 
So you, and the other people who had more resources than you, but he's just committed to seeing that the work of God prospers. So do you get so financial prosperity is not about that the Bible is against it or the Bible is not no. It's about the fact that of the person who owes the money. There are people that when God speaks to them to give certain money in church, they will they will pray in tongues. It cannot be God. And when God wants to confirm that he's the one, you say, God, show me for a sign if you're the one. Show me for a sign. You will sleep. You will see the money. Lord, the remain three sign. Somebody will knock your door and say, say you go to church. Ah. Yet, so it's just about the art. When you see certain people who are doing certain things for God, and see, some of us, it's just eye service. If you see Judas in Jesus' um, crusade, you say, ah, this guy was serving God. You do know that there was another intention that later came through his heart. So do you get So the things of um, financial prosperity... These scriptures, I think you should put them down. So sometimes when you know better, you don't argue some things. It's not about the money, it's about the heart. So when somebody, okay, if you throw stone inside a drum and there's nothing there, nothing will come out. But if you throw stone and there's water, the water will pop up. So money is that stone. So money, when you see people who have money and they, they are now boastful, it's not because the money, it's not because um, it's not there before. Money only brought what was inside that drum out. So it has always been there for them. So, this is it on financial prosperity. I don't know if there's any question. Shall I go ahead? All right. Okay. I'll say something on financial prosperity. Now, I'll say, I'm still on that. I forgot I wrote something. Now, there's one statement that people used to make. Elon Musk, you know, even Sabi God, he gave money pass all of now when they do that church thing, rubbish people. <laughs> See, we need to understand something. I don't know. Sometimes, without due respect, these are spiritual leaders or pastors making these statements. See, should I tell you something? Some of these 13 billionaires that you see, they are more spiritual than the average pastors. Just that their spirituality is not unto God. They are what? They are more spiritual than the average pastors. See, you, you, you pray for one hour. Before you know, saliva will be everywhere on the floor. Then they can stay for all through the night. So don't think that because they are not coming out to tell you they are doing this, they are doing that. Most of those we are seeing, they are more spiritual than average pastors in the things that they do. Now, when we make those kind of statements, I'm, I'm just like, I was discussing with my friend and he said, why is, he, why is Elon Musk, that name said they had me, why is Elon Musk, I mean Elon Musk, and yeah, you know what I want to say, why is he always the benchmark that people use for all of these things? Because people don't know. People don't know that this guy, the things that they say, they know that some of these guys are even more spiritual than average people. And then, I will come to a point where people say that hey, church is not the place where we make money. Church is the place. I agree to it. Church is where we come to learn about God. So what we come, we bring out. So when people now make statements like when you go to a business place, you don't use God there. That's an extreme statement. Now, I'm going to just run something. From scriptures, there are three levels of wealth. The first one is where you offer goods and services. When you sell things, you make money. Most of us here, we offer goods and services. You sell some things. The second level of wealth is called transformational wealth. Is what I'm doing now. I'm giving value, but I'll not ask you for money. But just because, ah, somebody can say, man of God, you've done well, take this. Transformational wealth does not really ask for money. But the law of exchange demands that sometimes you are, you are generous enough to say, take. People like Joseph Yekon will not come to your church and say, give me this amount of money. But because the things they have done, you know, you can bless them. Then the third level of wealth is called wealth by prophecy. I know some people don't believe it. That truly, and I will show you from scripture, the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. Abi? No, 1 Kings chapter 7, verse 1. The Bible said that the prophet came and said, by this time tomorrow. See, let's not deceive ourselves. There are times that people, God can use people and they will shift certain things. Now watch, the essence of this thing is that most of the believers wait for wealth by prophecy without working. 
See, wealth by prophecy will work when you have value to give. I will show you one scripture. In the book of 2 Kings, chapter 4, verses, put it there, something I want to show you. The Bible said that the prophet asked the woman to go and gather vessels. But the day, when, when the vessel finished, yeah, the, he said, and it came to pass when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, bring me yet a vessel. And the son replied. And he said unto her, there is not a vessel more. And the oil has stayed. Meaning the oil stopped coming. So when the vessel finished, the oil stopped coming. So do you know one thing? The world by prophecies work when there is a value that you are giving. If somebody refused to work and another person is working and I come and I lay hands on them, believe me, the one that is not working, the prophecy is hanging, but there's no way that will find expression. The one with value, the prophecy will find expression. So truly, there's something called world by prophecies. I know that there are some Pentecostal theology people that don't agree with it, but there's something actually that men can come into a system and shape things by the Spirit. I think I'll share a testimony. One time I went to, I was in Lagos, and one woman, a married woman, she's in Penia, and she called me, she asked to come to the house. I was skeptical, because the woman was not, she was, the man was not in her ministry, and he had told me things about the husband, you know. So I went to the place. I was just, I was just wearing my material normally, so when I came there, the husband wanted to go out, and the woman was, the way the man looked at me, said, oh, this Yahoo, Yahoo pastors. He didn't say it, but, <laughs> he looked at me and said, oh, this Yahoo, Yahoo pastors. You know, there's a look that they want you to have as a pastor. So, you're just looking at me like one kind. See, sometimes the anointing does not only work when there is honor. There are times the anointing works when there is dishonor so that people can honor. So, he came and I was just looking at just, I just, so we, we, and I came into the house, we're just, just saying, he wanted to even go, the wife is there, that he should, he should wait, now he should not go. He should come, he should come inside. In my mind, I was like, leave him, let him go now. So, when we got inside, I wanted to go. So, and, and I just offered to pray with them. So, when I, when I was praying for them, I gave them a word and I gave them, this where the word will find expression. So it has not even gotten to that day. Within that period, the wife just tells me. I said that the husband failed the promotional test. And they were they are supposed to take him like two years, but they went back to the one he failed and they promoted him. So when he said that the Lord gave me a word again, I gave them again. Again, they promoted the guy. I also gave her a word that God was going to. So the next time I went there, the guy is still hard guy, but uh, <laughs> you know that kind of ah. Uh, I just say Yahoo Pastor. <laughs> so there's truly something that God that can actually happen. I also remember one time, what was I knew? One lady, she was schooling abroad. So while she was schooling abroad, something happened. She was writing an exam, and the exam was supposed to grant access to university or something. So she failed. So she called me that afternoon and was saying that if you go back home, her father will kill her. She saw many things. And actually, she failed this and that and that. So that day, I, just, I was just led to pray. So I'm trying to say this now. There is something that the prophetic can do. I understand that people have, you know, people have baptized and just do many things to avoid it. And I remember I gave her a particular word. I, I, I knew by the spirit that the things I said would come to pass. I told her that, see, even if you are filled, the angel of God will go forth and put your name. Now, you now got the admission, but that's not the testimony. The testimony was that they sent her a field email before that she filled. After some minutes, they withdrew it and asked her that she passed. So that was how the confirmation of the things work. So there are times that people can be hardworking, but there's just a force resisting them. It's one of the places that the prophetic comes into. Where you have, see, it will find an expression more in your life. Where you have the value that you are giving. Where you have something that you're doing. That's when the anointing can actually find expression. And even if you're not doing anything, the anointing makes you have an expression. It will take giving value or doing something for you to remain there. I don't know if there's any question or contribution. Hmm. 
The next one I want to talk about. What's the time? Okay. It's called Miracle Money. You've seen all most of the things on you people. <laughs> Father God, I share some, you know, share some this, you know, miracle money. People were angry, you know, people were talking back at one another, men of God, you know. Do, do, do. See, now I'll say is that, let's look at the book of Matthew 17, 27. But I want to say something, just put my 17, 27 is that. See, there's a way that, you know that the four Gospels, they were eyewitness reports. Now people witness and just eyewitness reports. And you know that, in eyewitness reports, there are always something they remove. There are something they add. So, but if you watch out for this, Jesus, getting uh, fish, I mean, getting money from the mouth of fish. If you watch it, you'll find out something that it only occurred in Matthew 17, 27. You'll not see it again. Have you observed it? See, it shows that I want to strike a balance for this and I'm asking that the Holy Spirit help me. Now, I've seen some, ex- have you been an example before? You don't have an answer to it, to something. But you see somebody writing full book and you check the person's book. You, you don't have answer, but you know that thing that person's writing is rubbish. <laughs> you don't have the answer. That thing See, I know say I know say be this, but I know say no time when they say more draw fish for this thing where they draw. <laughs> you get so I've heard some explanation about how this thing, you know. They, they, but I knew that those are those are not the things. There's a way the Bible said that to rightly divide the word. There are people who are dividing the word, but sometimes you don't rightly divide it. So in this context, it see we cannot deny the fact that this is a miracle money. I've heard context. That um, Paul went there. He, Peter went. He did something, but he did something, but it's still miracle money. But where you now consider this thing is that this context did not appear any other place again. So, in the context of miracle money, you must be very careful. In fact, miracle money should not be a doctrine. Let me give you an example. Have you heard about the things of this? If you read about some of the generals, they were praying, and you know, there's war here. And they prayed, and the person just burst out of that place, and then prayed and came inside again. Now, that is the working of miracles. It does not mean that if I want to walk through one, I will do my leg like this three times and go and walk through one. No, it only happens by the will of God. It's not that something that can. And I believe so. When it comes to the context of miracle money, is in that line of that kind of miracle. Now, before police will carry you, if you see strange money in your account. <laughs> That you don't know who send it to you. <laughs> don't pray in touch. And go to back and withdraw it. They will shakalaba and arrest you. <laughs> so, do you get? so when you see money that is not your money, don't shakalaba and carry it. Now, I can also deny the fact that there is a context. I remember when I taught this in on Penier. One time we, we had this. Ex- one guy shared a testimony with us. That one time he, was, he wanted to go to church. He didn't have money. That he had sat all his trousers. He prayed, 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 prayed. And the only good just said, go and sat your trousers. He went back and he saw money there. They are truly context of those kind of things. I remember a dear man of God said in Nigeria, who was, he said when they were young, going for evangelism, that this kind of thing that happened to him before, he saw money in his pocket that he had sat before. So in that context of miracle money, we know that your, your trouser did not go to anybody's house. It was in your house and you saw the money there. We know. But when it comes to the context of your accounts, so this miracle money something, eh, is a sloppy matter. It's not what you stand on it and say that, oh yeah, let's teach miracle money. No. It's something that works as will. So that's why some people are angry with you when you talk about miracle money. It's something that happened at wheels. Okay, the money in your account that you went to take, what if it's somebody's money? What if they made a mistake? I remember somebody that in some money in his account and started eating it. When we are teaching this, they share, they say when they were start, they start looking for her. <laughs> so you must get the context of this miracle money that it's not a thing that you build um, doctrine or theology on. And again, you cannot entirely scrap it out because it's there. 
There's a reason why they don't. You cannot entirely scrap it out. But it's not something you go and you stay in your account. See, one of the things, when I was meditating on it, one of the things that God used to teach me this, miracle money is not even only when you see money in your pocket. You get. There are times that miracle money is people you don't know sending you money. They intentionally send it. Remember that people who came, the prophecy of Isaac came by three wise men that was walking. The Bible said they were walking, their legs were dusty. Do you get? So, miracle money sometimes can happen by God causing somebody to send you money. Somebody that else, let me just, you know, just send you money, all of those stuff. So, in this miracle money, we must have a context to it. Don't carry money that you don't know. And they send it to your account. Maybe it's NGO money. The person made a mistake and send it to your account. And see, let me use this opportunity to talk about favor. Favor is not when somebody mistakes somebody in your account. Say, okay, oh, they call you off your phone. You begin praying tongues. Shakabalada. <laughs> that's not favor. You know, favor is not when you, No, that's not favor. The Bible did not say that. Maybe when the Bible was talking about the context of favor of Esther, he did not at any point do this kind of thing. So don't go about maybe something bad happens to somebody or people who have an accident. You, you saw the phone there. You, you pray in tongues and carry the phone. And say, all those things. Do you get so allow God hmm, to orchestrate favor. Don't try to use your hand. Anytime you use your hand to want to orchestrate favor, you always get Ishmael. Do you get every time because Ishmael is man's effort, Isaac is God's effort. And in Genesis chapter 22, when God was speaking to Abraham about his son, Abraham was called and God was calling Isaac his only, only son, even though he had Ishmael then. So all of his resources that were going to Ishmael, he was doing all of this. I even want to cause trouble in his family. God did not regard it. It shows that there are so many good things that we are doing that they are not God things. He was just spending all the resources on. It was his own effort that Ishmael came. It was not God's effort. So miracle money, you must be very careful. Is there any question? Or you have eaten somebody's money before? <laughs> hey, I remember how somebody sent me money like that. Oh boy. <laughs> God will help us. Does God kill that's the last one. No, that's not the last one. I mean, does God kills? <laughs> oh, but this topic here, they can't wallow this topic. <laughs> but see this talk here. There are some theological questions that they are not yes and they are not no. For instance, when they say that we have met this woman is, is into adultery or is into most of all of these things, they ask Jesus, should they stone him? Jesus does not say yes or no. So when people see you online and say that, man of God, is Jesus kill or no? Yes or no? Yes or no? We ne- if I a nutshell answer, we cause trouble theological. We cause trouble. So there are things that you have to explain, precept upon precept, this and this and that. Now let's say the book of John chapter ten verse ten. Just let me add that keyboard. Our sister who can sing, maybe you can sing. Because I think before we round up, we have some time of. Okay, he said the thief comments. Um, not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He said, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. Now, there are threefold of Satan's work. The Bible says that every time you see killing, stealing and destruction, is an indication that Satan is there. So this scripture shows us that God is a good God. He does not kill and all of these things. And me, I believe that Satan has fourfold ministry because the Bible says the God of this world are blind the eyes and the understanding. So blinding people not to understand scripture is also Satan's work. So, but here, if you want, he said, the thief cometh but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I'm come that you may have life. So God is saying, I did not come to kill or to steal. But then, there's one scripture that is to bring issues. Let's see the book of Acts chapter 5 from verse 9. Now, the story of um, Ananias and Sephaniah. But do you know that there was nowhere? Was it Peter that was in that context or Paul? 
Peter. But did you know that there was no way Peter said that Ananias should die? People say it was Peter that killed Ananias. Let's read. And Peter said unto her, "I is that okay? Let's go to let's go to verse eight. Verse eight. Sorry, man of God. Okay. Okay. Let's go. Let's go up more. Let's go up more again. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's okay. Why it remained? Was it not okay? Go three. Go to three. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Go again. Why it remained, was it not thy own? And after it was sold, was it in thy own power? Why has thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Now, what do people say that the Holy Ghost is not God? The Holy Ghost is still God. In verse 3, he said, Why have thou lied unto the Holy, um, the Holy Ghost? But here, he still refers to Holy Ghost as God in this same context. That's not my teaching, but I'm just showing you. Ananias hearing this, yeah. Ananias hearing this word fell, fell down and gave up the ghost. It was never in this context that Paul, Peter, ever killed Ananias. <laughs> he said he heard the word and he fell down. Is it not the same word that some people heard and the Holy Ghost came upon them? Another person heard it and he fell down. Now let's go. He said, And okay, and the young men arose. Okay, Ananias, and the young men arose, wound him and carried him out and buried him. Now let's go to the next one. And it was about the space of three hours after when his wife, not knowing what um, what was done, came in. Let's go. And Peter answered unto her, "Tell me whether you sold the land for so much." And she said, "Yeah, for so much." Go again. Then Peter said unto her, How is that they have agreed together to tend the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried their husband are at the door; they shall carry thee out. See, in this corner of Sephira, that's where you can hold it onto Peter that he said they shall carry it out, carry it out. But in Ananias, Paul, did, I mean, Peter did not at any point say Ananias should die. Now, when he comes to does God kills, it's not a yes or no answer, but God has a justice system. God does what? He has a justice system. If you go, that's why I've heard testimonies of people who want to kill man of, a man of God. I've heard, I remember, I think it was RCCG um, that he shared the testimonies um, years ago. They, they wanted to, they, they built a church in one country like that. And so they wanted to dedicate the church. And one of the top people in that country was saying that they would not dedicate it. So the person was taking them to court. So the pastor of that place called um, Gio. And that Gio told him that don't worry, we'll come and dedicate the church. That will come. He said, ah, this and that. So the day they wanted to go to court, the guy who was the official, who wanted to, he said he wanted to put on his trousers and his, he put two legs inside one and he fell down, he said somewhere. And that's how he went to meet God. Yeah, so that's how he died. Now, he called the Adiba and said that, wait, you have killed this person. And then he told him, I did not even pray. I did not even pray. So in that context, it is not, the person died, you cannot say that it was he that killed the person. And you cannot actually, but there's a justice system of God. For instance, in Nigeria, maybe if you, if you rape somebody now, there's 12 years judgment for you. Even though the president oversees all of these things, but you cannot say it is why that put you in prison. What put you in prison is the system that is set by the nation. So the, when it comes to whether God kills or not, it's not a yes or no answer, but there's a justice system. Now, the extreme that people are taking it to is that, um, die by fire, die by fire, die by fire. You know, people do all of those things. And then people can come and say, God is a good God. Even if you do all of this, there's a justice system of God. Do you know why? We have more lenient men of God now. You know, people are understanding more the love of God. In the days of Archbishop Benson, <laughs> it was Duncan Williams who was saying that. One of the villages that belongs that their church were in, they raped somebody. They came into the church and raped women and killed people. 
Archbishop came up the next morning on Sunday and placed his hand on the Bible. He said, In that village, from adult to king, they will fall down and die. And in a few hours, people were dying. So they sent people to Obobini to come and help them. Archbishop lay another course. Then any of them that came that come into this compound, they will carry their dead body out. So no way to beg and no way to leave. <laughs> so there were so much. I also remember that Archbishop told, the, um, told um, Duncan Williams, he said, go and tell the president of your nation to allow you to preach on TV. Tell him Archbishop said so. He went to the president. He said, who is Archbishop? So the man who came back and said, he said, who is Archbishop? <laughs> so Archbishop told him that, see, I remove him as a president. Then in three months, they assassinated him. So when another president came there, Archbishop sent him again. He said, so that one, I read the story of what happened. He put him on TV. So there are so many things. I also remember a woman who was accusing Archbishop on TV. They said it was a live TV, the live news. Archbishop stretched his hand. He just stretched his hand. That was, that was the first time that somebody was casting news and light went up. Like they changed the person because the woman just went. So just because men of God are understanding the love of God and understand that people are toying with itself, but there is actually a jealousy system of God. So when you say that, ah, God, so when somebody wants to bring that theology of God kills, God does not kill, it, there's an explanation to it. There's what? There's a, there's, there's a justice system of God. There are things that, it was uh, Masbro who gave this example years ago when I was listening to him. He said, if somebody goes up now and climb and falls down, you cannot say that um, it's the owner of the that kills the person. It's the law of gravity because what goes up, we come down. So the same law is what God has. There's a justice system of, sorry, there's a justice system of God that if certain things are done, certain things will happen. All right, lastly, spiritual warfare. Um, have you seen videos where people carry knives to church? People carry knives to church. I even saw one video that the pastor kept all of them. I don't want to marry all of you. I don't want to. He was not going to go and marry. He was knocking them. And I saw one again. They knelt down there. They laid down you carrying and flogged them. I don't know what they did. The other one I, I saw again. They, I think the man of God held his shoe like this. So they removed it with power and they now saw passports. I see yeah, Even Sabinus no do this one. <laughs> so spiritual warfare. I seen people taking came to church and say we'll kiss it now today. They caught things. Die by fire and when those things. Well, let's see the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. For out of much affliction, is it 2 verse 4? 14, sorry, 2 verse 14. He said, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ, and make it manifest the Savior of his work by us in every place. Now see, I will not deny for you that they are bad people and they are spirit, they are actually, it's even in scriptures, you go there. But in warfare, we are not trying to fight from victory for victory. We are doing what we are manifesting victory. What Christ has done is what we are standing on. We are just demanding for what Christ has done. So we are not trying at any point to fight for victory. He said, Now, thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. So we are not at any point trying to say no, no. But now there's an extreme to spiritual warfare. Um, there, are, there are times that people say, people know, I don't know how they know that their uncle in the village is the bad person. So when they raise prayer points in church, that they will call the uncle Shola in the village. <laughs> I call your name, you will die. <laughs> so they just have names to these things, they know. Now, 
Again, there are people that they believe that spiritual warfare, that in Christ, you know, Christ has done everything for you. So the only thing they do, and the righteousness of Jesus, and they edify. See, the purpose of edification is to be built up to do something. So when you build up yourself, and Satan is still here walking around, you have to stand and rebuke him. Now, this takes me to the place of, just want to do small, of generational patterns, generational causes. Now, Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says that um, Christ has given us from every cause of the law, there are plenty of things. Now, when we talk about generational pattern, it's not really cause of the law, is that some of us, our parents were fetish people, our grandparents, all of those, all of those. See, Satan knows that that thing should not find expression in your life. I say true, when you give your life to Christ. But do you know one thing? Satan is like a dog. He knows he should not be there, but sometimes he will still come there. So, you, you are not trying to fight for victory. You are manifesting the victory that you have in Christ already. So some people now, the extreme that they have is that, let's not lie, haven't you seen believers who the things that disturb their parents is also disturbing them? Tongue-speaking believers. In fact, even pastors. So, it is ignorance to actually say that, see, family patterns or consistently should not happen to a believer, but it can happen to a believer. Let me put it that way. Now, for instance, should a believer be oppressed of the devil? Are we not seeing believers who are speaking in tongues? They sleep. They cannot wake up. They are shouting. They should not, but it can. So family patterns should not because we are in, in Christ, but it can. Why? Based on ignorance, you don't know what you ought to know. So when we talk about spiritual warfare, sometimes it could be also patterns that you have found consistently. See, when you find a consistent pattern in your family or somewhere that is trying to creep into your life, don't just say, I am the righteous of Christ. Stand and say, Satan, you should not be here. So Satan is standing there illegally. I don't know if you're getting... Now, let me, I will give you this example. If your father gives you a land and says this land belongs to you and gives you a receipt, that, you know, the CEO of the land. Then maybe one day you are coming back from work and you, you saw people on the land, building on the land. You saw them building, giants, they are building on the land. If you go there to fight them, they will kill you. But you know what you do? You take the receipt to the law courts and, and the CEO Now, you know, that, that land is what Christ gave to you. Those people on it is Satan and his agents, patterns, all of this. The receipt is what Christ had done for you. That you take, taking it to the court is a place of prayer. So that it belongs to you does not mean Satan will not come and contend for it. In fact, see, there are people that say that eh, if it belongs to me, Satan cannot take it. Now lie. If it belongs to you, he can take it. So do you know what? So if you, if you don't know your right in Christ, there's this um, story that they gave us that, that people were traveling, they were first class, and they were giving them food, and they refused. One of them refused because he was afraid he was going to pay. Along the line, the other one that was eating the food, now look at the guy and say, ah, why are you not? He said, I don't have any money. He said, well, we paid for these things. Your money was there. Everything. So some of us, we are like that guy that, ref that refused to take food. You have this authority in Christ, but you don't know how to use it. So people are going through certain things. They're always running, looking for pastor to, to... Sometimes I used to ask people, have you actually take out time, like specify like three days, and pray on a particular issue? Sometimes you have to say, see, that you are saying, I'm a righteousness in Christ. All those things are good. You are building up yourself. But the essence of that building up is to be able to do something. To say this thing, you won't stop. Do you get? See, I will not, let me give you a balance. Sometimes in spiritual warfare, there may not be faith to it. Now, to be putting all of the scripture, the Bible said that when Jesus was on the um, ship going with those people, they said there's a storm that arises. 
But they also know that after Jesus rebuked that storm, the Bible said that when they crossed to the other side, they saw a madman there. And when Jesus prayed for that madman, he was healed. He, he went, he said, he began to do what? Evangelize in the Capolis. Have you not discerned that? It could be because of demands deliverance that Satan waged the storm to come. Now, behind the deliverance, the Bible never said that there was a human face to it. It's a spirit. The Bible said Jesus rose up and does and rebuked the storm. So when you see storm in your life, when Jesus rose up, he didn't say, I am Jesus of Nazareth. I am this of Nazareth. I'm in the BC of Aquaibom. No. The Bible said Jesus did what? He rebuked the storm. So there are times in your life where you don't have to speak English. I am this and that. You have to stand up. You have beat yourself and say, Satan, stop. And sometimes it may require that you take three days fast. Most of you, the early morning, you are taking coffee. You take three days. It may require that. See, I don't want to go to all of that. But the essence of fast, actually, is to, is to gather your spirit, man, for you to focus and concentrate. To be able to do things. So, if I don't know for you, but if I'm not eating, there are discussions I cannot do with you because I don't have strength. So, the essence of that fast is for, I cannot, sometimes people will send me voice for until I eat before I reply it because it's too plenty to see. So, the essence of those things is for you to be focused so you can take three days and say, this thing will stop. Now, the, there are also other people who drag this family pattern to an extent. Every day is family pattern deliverance. Abba. So, what are you now? Do you get? So, but if you watch, in our life sometimes there are issues that have stayed for long. But if you watch, there's no day you are set about like three or four days to fast and pray about it. You just, and the Bible says Jesus rebuked the storm. Now watch, there was no human face behind that. It was a spirit. But in another context, there was a human face. The Bible said Paul, they were trying to preach, but Elemas was there trying to distract what they are doing. So Paul turned. So in spiritual warfare, to be candid, there are times when it is spiritual things, a spiritual person is behind it, a spiritual force, I mean. And there are also times where it is human force. In the case of Paul trying to preach to the leader, the Bible, we saw that it was Elimas. So I'm not denying that it may not be your auntie in the village, but your focus should not be your auntie in the village. Do you get? Because your auntie self is like, a, is like, is under the influence of a spirit that's being used. In the case of Jesus, we saw that Peter too was used by Satan. He wanted, he was, he wanted to abort salvation. So in, the, in, the spirit, in spiritual warfare, it's not that there cannot be a face behind it, but your focus is usually and will not be that face. And see, know that, um, how, do I, how do I balance around this of that? If you, ignorance is the reason why certain things persist. Ignorance is the reason. You can see certain, see, every time you see consistent pattern in your life, sometimes it's not even in your family, something constantly happens, is, is, a, is a call to a, to a retreat, let me put it that way, or is a call for prayer. What you don't want, you don't watch. Because we round up actually praying. What you don't do what? What you don't want, you don't watch. So, don't just carry the badge of, see, you can be the righteousness of Jesus Christ and still suffer. Righteousness itself didn't suffer. Righteousness, he didn't suffer. If righteousness don't know what he's supposed to, he will suffer. <laughs> don't, so, don't just go and say, I'm the righteousness. You must know the things that scripture says and you must stand on the integrity of God's word. See, sometimes we take new creation reality to an, to, to, to an extreme. One scripture in the Bible, if I show, sometimes when I show new creation reality people, Paul, the apostle, said, we wanted to come to you once and again. He said, but Satan hindered us. Ha! If this generation a lie, Satan... You see, in this generation, if Paul was here, they would argue with Paul. They would say, a lie. What is it, Abby? 
People will disciple Paul. They will disciple Paul. But Almighty Paul said, We wanted to come to you once and again. Paul. Paul, that even the people that are doing grace, grace, the reason why you can talk about grace was because of Paul. The reason why you understood grace, but the Paul, the father of grace, said, We wanted to come to you once and again. He said, Satan in that those. There are forces. And it was Pastor Chris who was sharing that a dear man of God was just in the church, he was praying. And he was just, he was just spending time. And he, he was sensing like a force was, was behind him. Then he turned and saw like a giant. And the man said, he's the one that makes sure not to grow. And most of these things. And That's why Pastor Christian said something. He said that you can, be, you can be teaching somebody with cough. If it's one cough, you look at it before you know everybody's coughing. And what Satan is trying to cause distraction. So that people won't not understand God's word. The Bible says, when the word fell, he said that Satan came to steal the word from God's people. So you see plenty of distraction. So you see things, you will do things. See, there are times that everybody is doing it, but when it comes to your own time, it's when the thing will scatter. And this is a pattern that you have seen consistently. It's time to do what to stand and say. So the right, in fact, the fact that you are the righteousness of God should cause you to be sensitive and know that this thing is not just. It was Dr. Dikulukaya who said something. He said, What most of us do is just to chant. She said, Somebody is in a pit. And you're supposed to give the person a ladder to come out. You didn't say you come out in Jesus' name. You come out. So sometimes when we make those bold declarations, we don't go forth with prayers to it. So, in fact, this is one of the reasons why prophecies fail. In the book of Deuteronomy chapter 2, verse 24, the Bible told Joshua, He said, I've given you the land. He said, the Amorites and all of them. In that sense, he said, But begin to contend with them. Meaning that sometimes the prophecies are hanging because we have not played our own parts. He said, but now begin to do what? Contend with them. So don't think spiritual warfare only for mothers in the village. See, they are true. I remember when somebody called my pastor and said that there are like eight daughters in their, in their family. The first one gave birth to, he has a child. There's no father. Second one has a child. There's no father. Third one has a child. Fourth one has a child. She's the fifth one. She didn't have any child. Yet. Sixth one, I have seven. I have the eighth one. She's the only one. As he's praying. See, when you see people do certain things, don't think they just do it. There's an influence. Sometimes people are under influence to do things. See, even to, and I want to say this, you know, this may sound very sensitive, even to some men of God who misbehave, do you know that what Satan intends to do is to attack the character of a man of God? So when he attacks the character, because you are human, you will not respect the anointing. This man is any other. And that is what Satan wants to do. When he attacks the character of a man of God, what the man stands for, what he's supposed to do for the body of Christ, will not be able to do it again. So when you see, I said all this to say that to say that we are we are actually going to pray now. But I want to charge you to also check around your life, look at things that should be working, but they are not working. And it's not because it's not God's time, but it's because there is a force and resistance causing it not to work. There's what there's force and resistance causing it not to work. There are see. There are times that when you take, when you decide to take the next three days and fast on something, they will shit. You know that. That's why I, I, I respect. In all of us, we are new creation reality people. But sometimes we want to take these things to to an extreme that it should not be. We uh, we know we see, uh, and we are sitting in heavenly places. All of us sit there. When we give our lives to Christ, all of us are in there. But you can be there if you don't know what you ought to do. There are things that will still not be working. Everything happening in your life is not the will of God. There are things that, are, that may not be the will of God and they are still happening. So, um, um, it was a man of God who said that something can belong to you and you'll be, you'll be hiding on that God. Say, it will happen as God's time, not lie. Not God's time. 
just that we are not ready enough to do what. Bible said that he wrestled with God and the Lord do what? He changed. I've heard stories of so many people who had a kind of consistent pattern. Yours may not even be family pattern. It could be something that you have been trying to achieve. It could be something that you have been trying to do. It is time to do what? So in the next few minutes, please, you help, just let me intend to your Stop. So we are actually going to do what? As random, we are going to pray. There are things that should happen that has not been happening. There are things that God has told you. Some of you, you can go back, maybe some of you, like, like me too, you know, you have prophecies that God spoke to you, but you have looked at those things. And can you just remember the last time you go back? See, prophecy is for worry. When God tells you things, you must also worry them out. The Bible says, I've given you the land. He said, but now begin to contend. So even though God had given Joshua the land, if they did not contend for it, they will not still get it. He said, I've given you. He said, but now you have to contend. I've given you, but now you have to do what? Do the things that you have to do. So there are so many things that may not be working. It's because, it may be because you are not praying enough. Somebody told me that he's tired of his workplace. This and, that, and I asked her, I said, have you prayed about it? He said, maybe it's not enough. You know that it's not enough. So you have to do what? See, Satan cannot sit on fire for long and pretend as if he's not burning you. There are issues that you have to you have to put fire by the reason of the amount of prayer you generate in that place. You have to do what? Don't pray about something. The Bible said that Jesus went up the third time saying the same prayer. So don't don't hide under that theology that says once you say something once, you should not say it again. No. There are times when you have to go again. The Bible says Elijah, he sent him the seventh time to check. That was a prophet. So, just because Elisha came up and said that rain will not fall for so, so he, had, he, had, he had done so much supplication in the close. He had done what? So much supplication in the close. So, as we round up, I want you to check an area of your life. I don't know if somebody can help me sing. Ah, this is my brother. Ah, he has an album self. So, I, so, do what? I want you to look at that area of your life that you know. See, when we come together to pray, there's an anointing that is available and there is strength. That's why when you are praying with crowd, you will not know you pray for four hours, two hours. But you're praying alone. 30 minutes alive, I don't feel everywhere. You don't go. You know, you are sleeping already. But when you are praying with people, there's, there's an anointing, there's a grace because we are together. So, I want you to take out a few minutes and just, like, you see, just flog it down and look at the areas of your life that you know that you are supposed to be progressing more than this. But it seems not to be happening. I see Shabarande Kobalande Kobash, Testimons, Zekubarabele Kababos, Shabele Kabos, Likubarabele Shabele Kababos, Radedo Shabele Kababos, Celebrande Kos. Liku barande ko barande kebele kabosh zeko bele kababosh bele kabab reko beli kababosh bele kabab reko bele kababosh bele kabab reko beli kabarande ko bash kepe rededo bele kababosh le baradada jebele kababosh le barande ko pa jebeli kabarande ko bele Reco beli kababo shabele kaba Reco beli kabalande ko shabele kabos kete Reco beli kabele kababos 